All right, the reading is 1 Samuel 18, or half of it anyway. As soon as he'd finished speaking to Saul, the, um, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David and his armour and even his sword and his bow and his belt. And David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him so that Saul set him over the men of war. And this was good in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. As they were coming home, when David returned from striking down the Philistines, the women came out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines and songs of joy and with musical instruments. And the women sang to one another as they celebrated. Saul has struck down his thousands and David his tens of thousands. And Saul was very angry and this saying displeased him. He said, they've ascribed to David ten thousands and to me they've ascribed thousands. And what more can he have but the kingdom? And Saul eyed David from that day on. The next day, a harmful spirit from God rushed upon Saul and he raved within his house while David was playing the lyre, as he did day by day. Saul had his spear in his hand and Saul hurled the spear, for he thought, I will pin David to the wall. But David evaded him twice. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but had departed from Saul. So Saul removed him from his presence and made him a commander of a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And David had success in all his undertakings, for the Lord was with him. And when Saul saw that he had great success, he stood in fearful awe of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David, for he went out and came in before them. Um, so, so here in this story... Um, David has just gone out to fight the the giant Goliath, and um, and he he has destroyed the one who dared to defy God, says David. And um, our story comes just after that battle, David against Goliath, and um, it says that here that um, when Jonathan David. Jonathan is actually King Saul's son. And when Jonathan saw David, um, I guess, fighting Goliath, um, he was talking to King Saul. It says that when Jonathan saw David, he loved him. I think Jonathan and David were very similar in many ways. They were both brave, godly, young warriors. And... um, so, so what we have here in our story today is that, that Jonathan, that's Saul's son, he makes a covenant with David. And um, we don't know exactly what the covenant, covenant involved, but I guess it's some sort of promises. Jonathan is making some sort of promises to David that he'll be there for David. Um, and um, as a sign of the covenant... Jonathan gives David his princely robe and his armour. So he's, 
Jonathan is the son of the king, so he's the heir of the throne. So he's wearing a princely robe. He takes that robe off and he gives it to David. And he's also wearing a sword and a bow. He takes his armour off and he gives it to David. And then David is wearing shepherd boy's clothes because he's just come from the fields caring for the sheep. And so David takes off his shepherd boy's clothes. He puts on Jonathan's armour and then um, makes himself ready for war. Then Saul sends out David to battle, it says. And in verse 5, if you have a look at what it says there, it says that David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him. This is an important thing for our story today, that David went out and he was successful wherever Saul sent him. David's successes became well known among the people and after a little while people started to write songs about David's conquests. You know, one time David returned from battle and women came out of all the cities that they, they came to. They came out with tambourines and with musical instruments and and they sang this particular song, verse 18, chapter 18, verse 7. This is the line in the, in the song. Saul has struck down his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. Uh, yep, it's working. Saul has struck down his thousands and David his tens of thousands. What do you reckon? <laughs> um, now Saul did not like this song. Maybe you didn't like it either. You know? Maybe may if John had done the song, you guys would have liked it. You know? <laughs> Saul did not like the song. In fact, it made him angry. He felt indignant that this song only talked, talked about him killing 1,000 people when the song talked about David killing 10,000 people. Saul rightly saw that he was losing the affection of the people and he feared he would lose the kingdom as well. And then in verse 9 it says... Saul eyed David from that day on. So Saul looked suspiciously on David. Yeah, so the next day, after all of that happens, the next day this happens. Verse 10, a harmful spirit from God rushed upon Saul so that Saul raved within his house. And then this had happened before to, to King Saul where he had this harmful spirit come upon him and, and in the past uh, they, ha they had got David to come and play the, the harp or the lyre for him and so they did it again this time. David came and played the lyre to try and calm Saul down. So what you have in this story today is you have one song that infuriates 
King Saul, and then you have another song that calms King Saul down. But this, it doesn't, even though that's worked in the past, it doesn't work this time. This harmful spirit does not leave Saul, and instead Saul tries to pin David to the wall. Now I'm going to read from verse 10 to verse 14. The next day a harmful spirit from God rushed upon Saul and he raved within his house while David was playing the lyre, as he did day by day. Saul had his spear in his hand and Saul hurled the spear for he thought, I will pin David to the wall, but David evaded him twice. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him but had departed from Saul. So Saul removed him from his presence and made him a commander of a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And David had success in all his undertakings, for the Lord was with him. David had success in all his undertakings, for the Lord was with him. The secret of David's success was that the Lord was with him. And the reason things go badly for Saul as well is that the Lord is not with him. That's what we have in our story today. Things go well for David because the Lord is with him. Things do not go well for Saul because the Lord is not with him. So... I have something on my easel today for us. The Lord is with me equals success in all I do. The Lord is with... Do you want to say that? (laughs) The Lord is with me equals success in all I do. Jesus says something similar. You know, in John 15, he says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So, you know, Jesus is not talking about success necessarily, but he talks about something called fruitfulness, which is in the Bible is very similar to success. You know, and Jesus says that if you want to be fruitful, you, you cannot be fruitful unless you abide in me. He says, I am like a vine and you are like the branches. If you do not stay interconnected with me, you cannot bear fruit. The Lord is with me equals success in all I do. So this is the big question that comes from our Bible story today. If success or fruitfulness is connected to God being with us, how do we ensure that God stays with us? If success or fruitfulness is connected to God being with us, how do we ensure that God stays with us? Who would like to answer that question for me? So it's about thankfulness, yeah, like it, definitely like in, Ro- in Romans, you know, you're probably thinking of, it says that um, God is looking for us to acknowledge him and thank him. And then his presence comes and bees with us. Yeah. Yep. What else do you think? How do we ensure that the Lord stays with us? 
Obedience. Well done, Jim. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely part of it. Yeah. But what do you mean by that? Yeah, that's good. That's good. So, you know, like sometimes in our culture, obedience is not such a not such a happy word. But in the Bible, it's obedience is about when God speaks to you and He reveals something to you, then you carry out His instructions. You know. Okay, so let's look at why the Lord stayed with David and left Saul. Let's look at that. It says about David, can we get this Bible verse up here in 1 Samuel 13? Have you got that for me, Don, Michelle? Thank you. It says about David, so we're asking this question, why does the Lord stay with David? And it says about him, the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. 1 Samuel 13, verse 14. And then in Acts it says, I have found in David... Son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. So it's very similar to what you said. Like, God has found in David a man after his own heart. He will do all my will, God says. And um, so the Lord was with David because he would do all the Lord's will. So this is the next thing I've got up here. So... I will do all the Lord's will equals the Lord is with me equals success in all I do. Do you, want, do you want to say that with me? I will do all the Lord's will equals the Lord is with me equals success in all I do. Whereas the Lord was with David, he departs from Saul. Why does he leave Saul, do you think? He wasn't obedient. He was sometimes, wasn't he? Mm, in the beginning. There's jealousy. That's really important to our story. So, and which is a kind of disobedience, isn't it? Like it's not... See, David had on his heart the things of God, but Saul was jealous. Mm-hmm. He didn't trust. Yes, that's right. And it's really interesting, isn't it, with Jonathan, because he comes, he makes himself vulnerable before David. He actually, Jonathan actually gives um, David his princely robe, you know. So, so Jonathan trusts, doesn't he, that, that God is, has things in hand, but Saul doesn't trust. Yeah. It's, it seems the Lord leaves Saul and sends a harmful spirit because of Saul's reaction to the song, you know, that I did earlier. Because Saul... It was a good song. Saul, Saul is jealous for the people's affection. They have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed thousands. It, it also seems like Saul is worried that he's going to lose the throne to David. And, and it says that Saul keeps kept a careful eye on David. So, so all of those things kind of come together and it ends up that the Lord leaves Saul. And, and we're given some more 
insight as to why the Lord leaves Saul in a couple of earlier Bible stories about Saul. So um, I'll just, if you could bring up that one in chapter 13, that'd be great. Yeah. So, so this story about Saul is um, that the Philistines had amassed a great army and the, and the Israelites were completely outnumbered. And, um, and, so, and then, so, so then Samuel uh, said to King Saul, uh, before you go to battle, you need to make an offering to God, and if you do, you will have success. But wait for me. I will come in seven days. I think it was something like that. I'll come in seven days, and I'll make the offering for you, and after that, you can go to battle against the Philistines. But So it says there in verse 8 of chapter 13, Saul waited seven days, the time appointed by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattering from him. So what was happening, the, the armies, the Israelite army, they were deserting. So Saul was, they already were outnumbered, and Saul was seeing all these, all these people scattering from his army. So Saul said, bring the burnt offering here to me, and he offered the burnt offering himself. So it wasn't the wrong thing to do to offer the offering, but... Saul was supposed to, he had got instructions from God that he was supposed to wait for Samuel to give the burnt offering. So then in verse 13 and 14, Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the command of the Lord your God. You have done foolishly. You have not kept the command of the Lord your God. For then the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought a man after his own heart. The Lord does not stand by Saul because he does not keep the commandments of the Lord. I will not do all the will of the Lord. Equals the Lord departs from me. Equals my kingdom is taken. Another time, there's another story about Saul in, in uh, 1 Samuel 15 as well, just before you know, our story today. And here, um, the, the Lord had sent, you know, I'll just read from, from, the verse, from verse 1. The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people Israel. Now therefore, listen to the words of the Lord. I have noted what Amalek did to Israel in opposing him. On the way when they came out of Egypt, now go and strike Amalek and devote to destruction all that they have. So, so when the Israelites had come out of Egypt, um, they were opposed by the Amalekites, and so now what God is saying to Saul is that they need the Amalekites need to uh, face the consequences of their actions. When they, when they opposed the Israelites when they were coming out of um, Egypt. And, and, um, and, and the consequences are that they are to be destroyed. That's what the Lord says. And, and then Saul goes out, but he doesn't destroy them completely. So he, he does follow the instructions of the Lord, but, but not all the instructions of the Lord. You know, 
he spares their king, the, the king of the Amalekites, Agag, he spares the king. They also spare the, the best of all the, the livestock, and, and, and it says they spare all that was good, and they only destroy what was not good. So, so you know, and then Saul comes to Samuel, and he says, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And then Samuel says, well, what is this bleating of sheep in my ears? So Samuel is saying, if you had performed the commandment of the Lord, I wouldn't be hearing the bleating of the sheep in my ears. And Saul said, I have transgressed the commandments of the Lord because this is why he did it, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. So there's the voice of the Lord who's telling, giving Saul specific instructions and then there's the voice of the people. And Saul has this battle between the voice of the Lord and the voice of the people. And often the voice of the people wins the day. And then, then God says about Saul, I regret that I have made Saul king for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David, and from that day forward, sorry, and, a, and the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward, and now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and a harmful spirit from the Lord tormented him. I will not do all the will of the Lord equals the Lord departs from me, equals my kingdom is taken and I'm not coping emotionally. So you see, you see, you see um, Saul's emotional health actually starting to fall apart as, as the Lord moves away from him. He also breaks down emotionally. Right? Okay. So, what does God want to say to us through the story? What, what, is, what does these stories have to do with our lives, living here in Lismore and in this region? You know, because they're all about battles and, you know, I think... I think this is what is, would be good to think about. Who are you in this story, do you think? Which character in this story do you identify with? Perhaps sometimes you're a David, and perhaps sometimes you're a Saul. If you're a David, you delight in the words of God. You love to read the Bible and discuss it with other people. The reason you love them is because you care about the things that God cares about. And, and when, you, when, when God tells you something, uh, when he asks you to do something, you carry out his instructions carefully and faithfully and with joy. Therefore, God is with you. He empowers what you do for him. He makes you successful in all that you do for him.
if you are David, you say, I will do all the will of the Lord. Therefore, the Lord is with you. Therefore, you will have success in all you do for him. Are you Saul? You do read the Bible occasionally, at least listen to a sermon once a week, but you quickly forget God's instructions because there's so many other things like vying for your attention. Perhaps you do remember something of what God asks you to do on Sunday, but you kind of improvise with his instructions. Surely God doesn't mean for me to do that. Well, that's the opposite to what my culture is saying to me. I think I'll listen to the voice of the people and kind of massage God's instructions into something a little bit more palatable. I'm not careful to carry out God's instructions. Therefore, he's not always with me in everything I do. Therefore, I am not always fruitful. Sometimes I struggle with my emotional health. Of course, there's another thing to consider here. Because this sounds very worksy, doesn't it? It just, you know, it's, it sounds like uh, you just have to follow the Lord's instructions and he'll be with you. And if you don't follow the Lord's instructions, he won't be with you. But what does the gospel have to say about this? What if we find ourselves to be like Saul, not carrying out God's instructions, often disobeying God? What does the gospel have to say? Who can tell me that? How would you, how would you speak the gospel, the message of grace into this? About relationship with God, yeah? That's so important, isn't it? Like, so we do find ourselves to be like Saul, don't we? All the time, maybe every day. But if we repent, he forgives us. Yep. If at any time we find ourselves to be like Saul, God has, God has asked me to do something and I have not done it, Jesus takes our guilt from us. He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He is the sacrifice of atonement. He takes our soulishness off us and takes it onto himself. And Jesus becomes Saul for us. And he takes his Davidness, I always do the Father's will, and he gives it to us as our enduring identity. If you trust in the cross of Christ, in God's eyes, you are always David, never a Saul. If you trust in the cross of Christ, in God's eyes, you are always David, never a Saul. Nevertheless, the biblical principle still stands. This still stands. I will do all the Lord's will equals the Lord is with me equals success in all I do. If we live out that principle this, this week, 
What difference do you think it will make? If you, if everything that God puts on your heart and mind this week, if you carry it out carefully without changing it in any way, I wonder what will happen. In the next week, why don't we try to carry out every single instruction that God brings to mind? Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Amen.